0: yo what's up welcome to kind of funny games daily for wednesday november 23rd 2022 i'm your host blessing Adioye jr and joining me is Lacroix poppy himself aka my fellow forbes 30 under 30 aka tim ma fucking gettys bless i'm gonna be the very best like no one ever was i am just noticing your sweatshirt that's really cool isn't it if you're not everybody you got all all, he's got all the badges canto baby he's he's at
1: all the eight canto gyms so here's the thing, Wes. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I asked how I can catch them all and how I can bring back my old cartridges, all right? So many people wrote in, thank you for everything that you've done because now I understand everything that I need to do. What is to get this? into? This is the analog pocket. I, I didn't know it it's, looked
0: this nice in oh, person.
1: Dude, I've only seen pictures. Holy shit. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. That looks incredible. <laughs> I just turned it off instead of uh, raising the volume on it. Um, so there we go. Yeah, here we go. Pokemon, the OG, blue version wow oh yeah wait where's that camera? is this one <laughs> this camera shot's incredible but yeah this this is my my original blue cartridge wow. from 1998 can you see that is can
0: you it turn focused? the can you turn the brightness down a little bit on I it i can't oh really i thought some well, sort of control you can see that. here he's got eight badges all 151 Pokemon, 64 mm-hmm.
1: hours and mm-hmm. 30 minutes in this thing. Little Timmy, baby. Wow, Timmy, gotta love it. That's yeah. awesome. Also, though, just like for a second, bless. Look at how beautiful this screen looks.
0: I know. That's what shocked me. It's like the whole the whole console looks incredible. But yeah, the screen looks pristine. Yeah, I did not know Pokemon could look that good. Like beautiful it. thing. Beautiful wow. thing. What's the, what's the update on Pokemon Violet? Have oh, you gotten further?
1: Pokemon Violet. I had. I beat all the. I beat the champion. I'm doing good. I am now in
0: the the end game stuff. Okay.
1: And, okay. Oh. What a goddamn video game, a y'all. game, Get out there, catch some Pokemon, have some fun, eat some turkey.
0: Tim, I'd love to just kick it with you and mm-hmm. talk about Turkey, talk about Pokemon, talk about the Analog Pocket, because goddamn, but we have so much to talk about on this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, so let's talk about it. Today's stories include God of War Ragnarok sales, PlayStation says Xbox wants them to be Nintendo, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to KindofFunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content Housekeeping for you. A new kind of funny podcast is up right now, and it is worth the dollar. Oh, yes. It is me and Roger joining the crew, and we talk Twitter drama, Andy TikTok drama, and the crew goes to Jack in the Box drama. <laughs> <And that laughs> so is much drama! So much drama this episode. And let me tell you, I've, I've surprisingly so I've only been on kind of funny podcasts. I feel like a few times, like yeah. a handful of times, like maybe single digits. I have no idea. But like, uh, this is one of my favorite episodes, probably because I'm on it, but also probably because there's a lot of good conversation and a lot of like. A good dissection of the chaos that erupted in the Kind of Funny studio yesterday. We've
1: uh, we've been on a good run with the Kind of Funny podcast. So if you've been missing out, you've been sleeping on the show, I recommend listening to last week's episode and this week's episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. 1, they have, there's an energy that cannot be matched, cannot be explained, and honestly, probably shouldn't be legal.
0: 1000%. <laughs> 1, <laughs> 1, uh, another piece of housekeeping for you. We are off the rest of the week for Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back with more Kind of Funny content on Monday. So cherish it. All right. This is the last KHD you're getting this week. <laughs> Pick it all Does that in. mean that we're going to have Friday energy today? I think it means we've had Friday energy all week. All week. And honest. on top of
1: that, but it's like I was saying this before the show started. What a show. Oh. We got news stories for days for y'all.
0: We got So it's like everybody took a nap on Monday and Tuesday and they woke up and they're like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's Wednesday, Let's Friday. Get all the news out. Get all the news out. So <laughs> we're going to talk Friday. about all of it. <laughs> Wednesday, Friday, baby. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers Morgan Lorraine, Frogger Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, The Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC Clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, One Up Pest Control, Kerry Palmer, Elliot, Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel. The
1: Mind Freak. There
0: you go. Uh, uh, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Greedle, Al Tribesman. All right. Uh, Jason L., James <laughs> Davis. I feel like that one was like as quiet as the one I put out. Well, oh, right. I can do it louder. <laughs> All right, you there like you go. I like that. I like that. No, I like that. but, but like, bless. I think what you failed to understand is you didn't make the noise last time. You just went, "Ah." Oh. Yeah. No, I did not. Okay. No, first of all, I, didn't, I did I didn't I did not do that awkward laugh you did. I did more of like a gur, like a like that's what I did. you honestly, that was a lot better than anything you did yesterday. Yeah, that was the, that was using the dangly thing at the back of my throat. No, it's you're not. You're not using the dangly thing. <sighs> That's 1,000% my uvula. Your Umbreon? <laughs> my Umbreon. Later, I'm going to get a flashlight. We check this out, all right? All right. Yeah, we can do an examination. Uh, James Davis at James Davis Makes. Mick I haven't at gone at the nanob- mouth. <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh, Mick at the nanobiologist Abramson. Ryan T. from Tennessee. Derek Garrett. We only do things like that on Kind of Funny Podcast. And then Donald Eccles. Today brought to you by Shady Rays, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what it is and forever will be, The Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some <laughs> news. We have nine <laughs> news stories today. Oh, baker's doesn't! Starting with our number one. He sounded like an N64 announcer yeah. like a video game. <laughs> with that crackly like. <laughs> yeah, like surprisingly <laughs> low quality. Uh, story number one. God of Ragnarok is PlayStation's fastest-selling first-party game Woo! ever. This is Chris Skolian at yeah! Video Games Chronicle. Sony has claimed that God of War Ragnarok is the fastest-selling first-party game in PlayStation history. The company announced, uh, the, company announced the record on the play- official PlayStation Twitter account, claiming that 5.1 million copies had been sold through in its debut week. This makes it the fastest-selling first-party launch for Sony and naturally makes it a franchise record for the God of War series as well. The last time Sony declared a game its fastest-selling la- uh, at launch was The Last of Part Two, which it stated was the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive. Sony announced in June 2020 that *The Last of Us Part II* had sold through more than 4 million copies in its first three days. Before that, the record was held by *Insomniac's* *Spider-Man*, which was previously the fastest-selling first-party PS4 game, with 3.3 million copies sold in its, in its first three days. Damn. And before that was the previous God of War title, which only came out. This is me talking about the article, which only came out months before that *Spider-Man* game, yep. right? And that sold uh, that, that launched in April 2018, sold through 3.1 million copies. Tim. They keep doing it. They keep doing it With every new big first-party PlayStation game, they keep killing that record. Dude, how did we get both Breath of the Wild
1: and Odyssey in one year, and then the next year we get God of War and Spider-Man? Like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What a time. What a time. I
0: remember at that time being, like, um, in, like, Game of the Year conversations and, like, back and forth. I, I used to describe it as, like, you know, God of War that year was, was my Breath of the Wild, whereas Spider-Man was my Mario Odyssey, yeah. right? Like, 100%. Spider-Man was, like, it was that fun game that had the, you know, beautiful locomotion that, mm-hmm. like, was speaking to the inner child in me, whereas God of War was, like, this innovative, like, boundary-pushing game that's, like, a work of art. You know, like, what, what a magical time that yeah.
1: was. I, like, any other year, those games would have won the game of the year, but because of the ones above it, they didn't. It's just like Gabby Windy and Charlie D'Amelio on Dancing with the Stars. Charlie won. She had to win. Gabby should have, though. Any other year she would have done. That's exactly the point. You know what I'm talking about, bless? No. <laughs> you know exactly no, what I'm talking I don't know. about. Um, so this is insane. Like, these numbers are absolutely wild. 5.1 million copies in one week, right? And that's not going to slow down. That's just going to keep on going. It is a sign of so many things. The quality of PlayStation Studios. The quality of Sony Santa Monica. The quality of God of War as a franchise at this moment in time, right? On top of that, it is such a perfect storm of the video game industry absolutely exploding in size and that mainstream market that we've been talking about since 2020, really with the animal crossing boom of the pandemic and all of that. Right. But that's just one side of the story. When you look at PlayStation, how they've been building this, how they've been building their team of studios with their back to back to back quality releases that we've talked about ad nauseum at this point of what PlayStation has been capable of and has been delivering on. But then you add this other X factor on top of it. That is this game's on PS4 and PS5. Yep. And there are so many tens of millions of these systems out there on PS4 and PS5. There's the people that have the PS5s. And at this point, we're, we're getting up there. I don't remember the last um, reported number of how many PS5s are
0: there, but like, wasn't it like, Fifty? We talked about this recently. I don't know if it was fifty, but it is. There are a lot out there. PS Five. So
1: when you when you add that to that PS Four number, it's like, all right, cool. The the available potential player base is already enormous.
0: Sony has sold over 25 million PS5.
1: Okay, cool. So, still very very impressive when you add that to the PlayStation, we're looking at what? 150 plus million potential people to play this game. And when it's as good as it is and it has a prestige of a title as much of a must play um as it they again, they delivered. It. It's not a question of maybe it's going to happen. Like they did the damn thing. Like, this makes a lot of sense, but it's just so good for the gaming industry. And, again, we talk a lot about how everyone's doing their own thing, Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation, this generation, in different ways. And we talk about the value of Game Pass, right? But then you look at PlayStation, like... There's a value to a $70 title selling this much. That's $70 times
0: 5.1 million, yeah. and that's what it gets you. Game, like,
1: the quality level of God of War Ragnarok.
0: You take that and you combine it with moves PlayStation's making, right? You mentioned the, oh, yeah, let's launch on both PS5 and PS4. This makes that make sense. The fact that, yeah, God of War Ragnarok is another one of, like, this is our our fastest-selling game now, right? Years from now, we're going to look at this as one of the, the highest-selling PlayStation Studios game uh, games at the end of the line, right? This makes that make sense. And if you're somebody that's like, oh, man, but it should have been PS5. PS5 exclusive because I wanted the graphics. I wanted it to take advantage of the PS5. It's like, come on, like, look at this game. Like, you're telling me this game isn't, like, the best it can be, right? You're telling me, like, the story they're telling, the game mechanics here, the graphics, all that stuff doesn't live up. Like, I understand the idea of, like, I want a reason for my PS5 to, like, be a—I want the reason for my investment for my PS5 to matter. The fact of the matter is, like, I think you're getting that with God of War Ragnarok, with all the bells and whistles, right? With the performance modes, with the extra fidelity that comes with that, right? With the, uh, being able to play on the dual sense, right? Things like that, I think, is bringing the, that, that value. But, yeah, like, I think the, the decision to, to put out these first-party games on both platforms at the current state, right, I think makes sense. I think it's the right decision. My follow, Actually, before I even get to my follow-up question, right, bring a PC to that, too. God of War exactly. Ragnarok is going to eventually come to PC, yeah. and it's going to sell more copies, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about a game right now that is exclusive to the PlayStation platforms and is selling this much. Imagine if they're able to, uh, uh, if they're able to open that up more, right? And they're doing that with PC.
1: And dude, uh, like on top of that, so you just said that uh, in in a couple of years we'll look back at this as like, uh, oh my god, it sold so much, and it's like, will we, or is there just going to be more PlayStation Studio titles because oh. they put them out at such a quick clip?
0: That is my next question: is okay. <laughs> when is the next time we see this record broken?
1: Well, so do we see a broken Spider-Man too? I, I mean, okay there's a lot of factors to that come into play here right spider-man 2 ps5 exclusive correct i think it is forget i think I'm looking it, is. it up right now. And that is going to change things. But it is a sequel to one of the most popular uh, PlayStation titles. Yeah, PS5 exclusive. And um, there's a lot of people looking forward to it, obviously, right? And they're just going to continue to build this momentum and go. Spider-Man is only going to get bigger as an IP and um, have more mind share of, of people. Um, but what's really interesting to me is, again, we're talking about the swell. I went all the way back talking about Animal Crossing talk about the Witcher on Netflix what it did for Steam sales and for just sales of that game when that show came out and was good on Netflix right we're about to have Last of Us we have a God of War show announced right we're about to get a Gran Turismo movie and a twisted metal show but like jokes aside about that like real talk Mm -hmm. we we expect Last of Us is going to knock it out of the park I don't think that Sony PlayStation is going to let a God of War show be bad you know Mm -hmm. like I feel like at worst it's going to be Halo levels but like is the Halo show not bad? Where's, what's the consensus? I mean, that's the thing. It's like depending on who you are, you can make arguments in which way. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can argue that it's a horrible show. Okay. It's not. When people talk about like bad video game movies, Halo's not that. Is it the best Halo thing ever? No, but like it's not. I would say it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But um, God of War, I imagine they're going to like try to treat with. Reverence as much as possible because that's the whole point of this. Like, I, they're not doing these multimedia things as cash grabs. They're doing them as strategic cash grabs. Yeah, there's a difference there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh And it, again, it's not a cash grab. It's a, it's a, it's a plan to make cash, which is, I think, a very different thing. And yeah, something that expand we expand the IP. Something that we've seen them do and build to get to this point. that God of War Ragnarok comes out and sells five million copies in a week, right? It's because of their strategy. It's because of their business. It's because of the quality of the products they've made to tell that story. When that story, if it's matched with quality TV experiences, movie experiences, and just widens the uh, appeal of the properties and characters... Oh my God! What games? I mean, like these games
0: gonna, are just going to continue to sell. We're going to talk about Witcher Three soon because Witcher Three is another new story here. But like, yeah, you, I, I think you're talking about what could be the Witcher Three effect, mm-hmm. right? Of the Witcher Netflix show comes out, and all of a sudden, Witcher Three on Steam and on, on stores in general just skyrockets in sales. Cyberpunk 2077 had that. Uh, had Edge Runners come out, right? The anime that um, blows up, and all of a sudden, Cyberpunk is seeing so many players come back to the game, mm-hmm. right? Imagine what happens when it is. All right, the Last of Us TV show comes out, and now people are buying glasses part one on PlayStation five. All right, cool. Now let's lay, it. now we're buying is part two because PlayStation is now probably good, is going to put that on PS five as well. I think that's going to keep happening. And I think, yeah, whenever we get that God of war, uh, is that a TV show? Then we, I forget which one it is. It was a show. Yeah. When we get the God of war TV yeah, show. Man that's going to flow back. And I think uh, cause for God of War sales, right? Across PC, across console, all that stuff. And then even Ragnarok is going to, like all the rising tide raises all ships. I believe is the saying, right? I think it's going to be that thing, right? Where it is that ping pong back and forth of, oh man, I checked out the TV show. Oh man, I love this. Let me go play the game. Oh man, I, play, I, I played the game. I fucking love God of War Ragnarok. I'm going to watch the TV show. That is, what, that is the synergy that PlayStation is building here. And yeah, I think back back to my question of what's the next game to do this? I don't know if there's one on the horizon, no pun intended, the horizon, really? right? I don't know if we're going to – because what? Yeah, you mentioned Spider-Man 2 is going to be uh, PS5 exclusive, and I assume it's going to stick to that. I don't expect to see a PS4 version of Spider-Man 2 because I think now we're getting to that point of the generation. Um, maybe. Maybe. you know. I mean, does that change here? Can I mean, that change can here? Can that change is also the question. I, but I don't I'm know. sure if PlayStation was like, hey, are we able to just get a PS4 version out of Spider-Man 2? I can see them taking it. I mean, that, it's right?
1: Insomniac as well, right? Like they've proven that they can make things happen that seem impossible.
0: And if that's the case,
1: <sighs> if Spider Man Two is on PS4 as well, easily it's going to outsell Ragnarok. I think.
0: Like in the fast, uh, I don't know. Spider Man, bro. Yeah, but my my only thing is that we've gotten we've gotten a lot of Spider Man now in like rapid succession, right? Between God, uh, between Spider Man Twenty Eighteen, Spider Man Miles Morales, Morales remastered PC Port, and not even counting, let's not count the Remastered PC yeah. ports. Spider-Man 2018, Miles Morales going into Spider-Man 2. I feel like that saturation might not cause for the swell of excitement the way that God of War Ragnarok had people waiting. Dude, we've been waiting for for years. I got one word from you, bro. What's that? Venom.
1: Venom. That's all it is, bro. You get what I'm saying? It's just like there's just like this sheer like factor of just like oh well, people are gonna want that. People Mm. love black suit Spider-Man. Like that is just such marketing. Just that is the cheapest, easiest shot to just make money. It's just. Have the goo. (laughs) Have that (laughs) goddamn goo, and it's going to change the game. Spider-Man, I think that uh, um, it works differently than God of War in the sense that, first off, Miles Morales, different enough, smaller story— I think that what well, we're so used to Marvel characters having this like check-ins, episodic check-ins that I don't think we have the same level of burnout with it that we would other game franchises. Like mm-hmm. I think there's more of an expectation that we can get more stories and um it feels like it's additive as opposed to um like oh man, we're getting a lot of this, you know. Like I, by the time we get Spider-Man 2 at the end of next year,
0: fingers crossed. Fingers, fingers crossed. Yeah. crossed. I don't know. It has to happen, it's like right?
1: yeah, but even then it's like I'm I mean I know I know I am but there are millions of people out there that are gonna be so ready for a Spider-Man 2 at that point yeah. right so I think that Spider-Man 2 if it's on PS4 easily will outsell this if it's not on PS4 Le- way less of a way less of a chance I yeah. think it's still possible because we are talking about
0: right now fastest selling doesn't mean most selling for sure so, and if we're talking about if we're talking about most selling at the end end of the day I'm right there with you I think most selling at the end of the day I think Spider-Man 2 will probably outsell. God of War, Ragnarok. You know what? I take it all back. Spider Man Two is going to
1: out be the fastest selling no way. game in a week. Yeah, just thinking it through. It's just like because it's not about the PS4s. It's about how many PS5s are out there. There'll mm-hmm. be by then there will be enough even that like this the percentage of the player base that's going to be. So excited and want to get Spider Man 2 day one. Yeah, it's gonna be more than five million.
0: All right, we'll have to wait and see. For now, let's continue talking about PlayStation Studios. With story number two. We got a new poster for HBO's The Last of Us. Kevin, if you're able to uh, bring it up for the people to see, this is tweeted out uh, today at the last of us HBO on Twitter. Pedro Pascal is Joel, Bella Ramsey is Ellie. Hashtag the last of us premieres, January 15th on HBO Max. Uh, and look at this poster, man. Look at this poster. I have one critique. What's your I have critique? one critique? Go for it. Why is Joel in the front and bigger? right that was the that was a big conversation around the oh man kevin's on it right that was the original conversation around the original last blast cover art is the fact that like naughty dog wanted to fight to have ellie to be uh be in the front right because they saw this as like an uh an ellie story right and they wanted they wanted focus on that character they didn't want that character to be faded in the background i don't, I don't know if I, I don't like joel being in the front here
1: yeah i mean there is a reason though that's different than the game here it's pedro Pascal, it's Pey- Pascal. <laughs> i understand that right I, the world's about to learn about bella ramsey though
0: Oh yeah! Oh god, I can't wait for the show. Yeah, no, I can't wait for the
1: show, dude. It's so close. January fifteenth, dude. I mean, two months. In less than two months, we're gonna see the
0: show, man. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Speaking of PlayStation, you joining us on that screencast, boys? Oh my god, yeah. percent let's go. Do we know? Is that gonna be week to week? It's every Sunday, week to week. Nine episodes. Yes, we'll we'll record screencasts on Mondays. When does HBO usually put stuff on HBO Max? Six PM, baby. Fuck yeah! Sorry, I'm in. I'm in. I'm thinking. I'm in. Story number three. Sony claims that Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation like Nintendo. <laughs> this is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Sony is claiming that Microsoft's true strategy behind its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard is to have PlayStation, quote, become like Nintendo and not compete uh, in the 18-rated shooter space. The comments were made in a newly published response to a UK regulator uh, to to the yeah, to UK regulator the competition and markets authorities' decision to expand its investigation into the proposed acquisition. In its 22-page response, Sony Interactive Entertainment alleges that if the deal were to go through, users would leave PlayStation's ecosystem, Microsoft could raise Xbox's prices, and independent developers would be harmed in the fallout. As uh, has been the, tr- uh, the trend with the regulatory back and forth, much of the document focuses on Call of Duty and the perceived harm Sony claims the Activision Blizzard deal would cause, should the flagship franchise be made ex- exclusive to Xbox. In one section of its statement, the platform holder singles out comments made by Microsoft that other platforms have prospered without Call of Duty, including Nintendo, n- including Nintendo Switch. In its latest response, Sony says this claim ignores the facts. SIE argues that Nintendo's strategy is differentiated from PlayStation and Xbox because it doesn't rely on 18-rated shooter franchises, games which it argues Microsoft will have virtual exclusive ownership of should the Activision deal be approved by global regulators. In this sense, it alleges Microsoft's true strategy with the Activision Blizzard deal is to make PlayStation like Nintendo, and in, in that it does not compete in this space. Quote, Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively, but this reveals Microsoft's true strategy, uh, SIE's statement reads. It continues, Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo, so that it would be, less close in effect, yeah, it would be a less close and effective competitor to Xbox. Post-transaction, Xbox will become the one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooter franchises on console, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War, Doom, overwatch as the decision explains and uh and it would then be free from serious competitive pressure end quote uh, this is what this is what i'll say they're really ignoring the fact that they own bungie over here <laughs> oh yeah, yeah if i'm bungie and i'm reading this i'm like yo what the, what fuck? the fuck what man? the fuck man like we you own us like come on bro dude also
1: on. nintendo out here just catching strays like Miyamoto's just like oh, strays on playstation man, like what's up Stray's on PlayStation. Oh, well, hey, yeah, hey, hey. Game of, of the Year, everybody. Wednesday, Friday, everybody. Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Nintendo's just, like, like out there, like, whoa. Like, we're just, why are you
0: talking shit, do? bro? <laughs> what the fuck are we
1: doing? We're not even trying you to know? be. No, this, remove us
0: from this narrative.
1: Yeah, remove us from <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> narrative. Hamilton. Dude, real talk. Like, this is, uh, again, the 18th time I'm going to say this, but, like, we're, we're making a much to do about nothing when it comes to these headlines. Of course they're saying this. They're saying these things back and forth to have statements to build their case because... It's business, and they have to. And yeah, is this headline? Microsoft's true strategies to make PlayStation like Nintendo? Oh my god, what a dumbass fucking nothing. Mm -hmm. That is so funny, and we can laugh about it and joke about it, and we're going to, because it's silly. It's
0: it's a statement that should be a private statement that is being turned into a public statement because Mm -hmm. these are public documents for us to look at right these uh, are statements uh, that they are making to defend to like try and fight for call of duty it feels it seems messy and it is messy um but if playstation could choose they wouldn't choose for anybody to see this 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 should be between microsoft playstation and a judge and then meanwhile there's just fanboys everywhere
1: using this as ammo in their war this this like Endless war It's yeah. just going to result in nothing.
0: Like I'll tell you right now, PlayStation understands that what they're saying here, PR-wise, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's fucking crazy shit, but they're saying it because they kind of have
1: it's to say strategic. it. It's even, strategic. Even bringing up Nintendo into the conversation is like explaining the, look, hey, well, there's a lot of competitors. No, we're not a monopoly. We're not even close.
0: No, mm. no, not us, not PlayStation. No, here's you know? here's what I'll say to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Sony claims Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation like Nintendo. Is that Microsoft strategy or is that PlayStation strategy? Cuz that's how I've been describing PlayStation for the last couple of years, looking at how they operate, looking at how they move. The reason why you buy a PlayStation nowadays is to play PlayStation first-party titles. I am buying a PlayStation to play God of War, to play Spider-Man, to play Uncharted, to play Horizon, right? To play the games that are PlayStation games. PlayStation strategy revolves around that first party, but then also what that strategy strategy is now turning into is proliferating those number that handful of ips right we want more uncharted we want and you're getting the uncharted movie to support uncharted right you're getting a horizon show you're getting horizon vr you're getting a horizon game you're getting a horizon multiplayer game you're probably gonna get a horizon multiple uh, uh, mobile game at some point all just support this one IP of Horizon, right? That is kind of one-for-one. for one, for one. I mean, it's, it's close to how Nintendo operates in the idea of we have Mario, we have Zelda, we have Kirby. You're going to get a lot of Mario, Zelda, and Kirby. That means you're going to get 3D Mario, you're going to get 2D Mario, you're going to get Mario Kart, you're going to get Mario Party. You're going to get Kirby Forgotten Land, you're going to get uh, Kirby in the 10-party games. Starfuckers. Kirby and the Starfuckers. Kirby and the Kirby and the Crystal Shards, the N64 game. We're going to give you hella Kirby, right? We're buying this box to play these specific games, right? The Microsoft strategy for the last generation, I think, has always been—I <laughs> was going to say—more bars and more places. It's kind of like Verizon, but like more, more, uh, um, uh, more places for people to get into our ecosystem, right? Put Game Pass on PC, put Game Pass on Samsung Smart TVs. Like, where? How do we get you into our space? Not just for our first-party games, just but for what we're offering in terms of services, Game Pass uh smart delivery all that stuff i feel like so i feel like sony kind of views themselves or is starting to view themselves more in the nintendo space as opposed to the microsoft space that's the argument that i'll I'll make Uh, yeah i mean it's interesting i don't know that i agree because
1: i think that like i've said a bazillion times since 2019 all three of them are just doing something different. They're in their own lanes. And I feel like with PlayStation, they're continuing to do what they've built up since the beginning of the PS4 generation, which is, I would say, an equal focus on their PlayStation Studios, Nintendo-like titles for the argument you just made. Totally Mm -hmm. agree with you there. But I do think that all of their exclusive deals, the way they've tripled down on the Call of Duty stuff and um, all the multiplayer shooters, the third-party sides of games. Like, I I think the PlayStation has been really smart about how they associate with third parties to make people still think, oh, I play that on PS5. I play Assassin's Creed on PS5. I play Call of Duty on PS5. And I, I feel like... PS5 PlayStation is just like the game console the default game console in people's minds mm-hmm. for the majority for sure. of people the majority of the, the uh, of normies for sure right i feel like the other people are uh, you you if you get getting a nintendo or you get an xbox i feel like you you're a bit more you know exactly what you're trying to get you know what you're getting into and i think xbox is making a wise call in their way of making the barrier to entry so low that if people are interested and can't get a PS5 for whatever reason, they're there, and one day they're going to have the games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the Game Pass and all one that day. Stuff. <laughs> One day they will, but real time, I mean, they, they will at some point um but with playstation i feel like they have it that they, they, they don't need to have the one day because they've been having their day and they're just having new days and they're great days yeah um but they still have so all awesome their, creed exactly uh they still have their third-party titles though like i feel like and i mean that that's what's at risk here yeah
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah and, uh, that, and that totally makes sense right and yeah for sure a lot of it is like them being different companies and them all operating differently uh and sony i think is funny enough kind of yeah in that middle place right if it is, if we're talking about a spectrum i think like nintendo's all the way to the left uh, Microsoft's all the way to the right, and Sony right now is kind of in that, in that in-between that in space of having that third-party support and, like, being a place where everybody does come to play your Call of Duties and your Horizons, right? I'm curious to see, yeah, like, if Call of Duty, if and when, honestly, Call of Duty gets stripped away from PlayStation, and w- once you see a lot of those big third-party games, like, you, you've seen Bethesda gone, right? Like, I think that might continue to happen. Who knows what's going to happen to Ubisoft, Square, all these other companies once those start to get stripped away and playstation is mainly left with all right the premiere games here are truly the playstation games i wonder what that does to the company and i wonder if that's like i mean you know the PlayStation's here making the claim of xbox is turning us into nintendo or xbox wants to turn us into a nintendo as a bad thing nintendo is also a very profitable company that makes a oh. lot of money <laughs> and i
1: mean dude look at it on a game by game sale by sale basis right like we just talked about five million sales one week of god of war mm-hmm. that's nintendo shit. Right, like that's when you look at Nintendo games. When you look at the 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 NPD, the top ten of the year and all that, Nintendo games keep selling forever. Just like God of War and Spider Man and Last of Us are going to do as well. When we check in year to year to year on PlayStation, we're going to get updates and they're going to be massive because these games are going to sell massive numbers because the quality is there, the brand is there, the identity of what PlayStation is is there, and people are going to continue in- to invest in it because PlayStation's investing in it. Right. Can Xbox own that from the third-party perspective if they make them first parties? I don't know. It mm-hmm. still feels like we're years out from that. Like, it's wild that we're, we're, we're continuously talking about Xbox in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of massive numbers, can you get us to massive numbers on patreon.com slash kind games where you can go, you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors.
1: Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool without breaking the bank this holiday season. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 shades for a fraction of the price and a fraction of that price during their biggest Black Friday sale. The best part about Shady Rays is their insane protection program featuring lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Dropped in the lake, off a cliff, anything. If you get the wrong style for yourself or someone else, no need to worry. Avoid the hassle and the forced thank yous with free 30-day exchanges and returns. You will either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. Act now for the best Black Friday selection. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com
0: where you can find all their newest and best shades. Story number four. Let's talk about The Witcher three. Uh, we finally got details on Witcher 3's next gen version. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Uh, Kevin, I have a link to the trailer in the doc. You can just play the trailer as I'm reading through. CD Projekt Red has finally shared gameplay footage of The Witcher three Wild Hunts PlayStation five and Xbox Series versions. Also Those revealing, ev- oh, not to play it with sound. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also revealing every upgrade coming to the next gen version of the 2015 RPG. Revealed during a CD Projekt Red Twitch live stream, a handful of developers outlined the upgraded visuals, brand new quests cross regression and more that's coming to The Witcher 3 when the update is released on December 14th. CD Projekt Red confirmed that graphic settings will be added to the con- added to console letting players choose between 30 frames per second with ray tracing or 60 frames per second without. This will be available on all next-gen consoles including the Xbox Series S. The DLC based on The Witcher Netflix series has also been expanded into its own quest which rewards players or which rewards the player with the previously announced armor based on Henry Henry Cavill's version of Geralt An alternative outfit uh, has also been added for Dandelion, making him look like the Netflix's series uh, Jaskier, Jaskier, Jaskier. CD Projekt Red has also announced that cross-regression is coming to The Witcher 3 next-gen version, meaning players will be able to share their save between PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Haptic feedback has also been added to the PS5 version, and other quality-of-life improvements include changes to the map and a more dynamic mini-map. Some minor accessibility features have been added too, including the ability to change the left stick to auto sprint instead of it being a face button prompt and more subtitle settings. CD Projekt Red has also addressed a number of quest bugs and performance issues alongside improving various models of foliage and other background features. For PC, the next-gen update adds ray tracing alongside uh, more extensive customization options and a new photo mode. A new camera angle is also being added for more dramatic and cinematic gameplay. And Tim, when I tell you, that the Witcher Three already had incredible lighting. I cannot wait to see what the Raymond tracing looks like in this thing.
1: Dude, congrats, bless. You get everything you wanted. We were talking about this a couple of days ago. Yep. You're like, yo, I'm going back in. You you've been you you've been saying things and you've been committing to them. You know, you're like, no, oh, I'm yeah. itching for Neo. I see you playing Neo. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I want Witcher. Just hopefully they give me my, my saves. They're giving you your saves. You're about to get in here, man. I'm excited for you.
0: Yeah, I tweeted out. I'm thinking I'm back, right? And like, I this is, yeah, we've been talking a lot about, uh, me and Greg mainly being uh, talking about if we're going to get back into The Witcher 3. And honestly, cross save is the thing that I think is going to be the key element because not only is it, uh, and I assume is assume how, it, how it's going to work, right? I can bring my PS4 save to my PS5. Not only is it going to be, be that, but it seems like you can move between PS5 pc and xbox and tim i'm one of those deck boys oh yeah the idea that i can boot up my save that i had from the witcher 3 and play that save on my steam deck while i'm chilling in bed or on a plane or at the game uh, maybe not by the game Awards because that this happens after but like
1: yeah, don't play with your deck at the game Awards.
0: yeah i shouldn't play with my deck at the game awards but like this is awesome like i'm i'm so excited about this and yeah like i'm excited for this game to look better i'm excited about the gameplay improvements they're talking about they also mentioned um combat improvements they're doing the damn thing. They are. Good on CD Projekt Red. I mean, yeah, man. CD Projekt Red doing
1: everything they can. Yeah. Good for them. It's great. It's, it's like really their, great. This is how you do
0: it. Like the apology tour of like, we're sorry for what happened with, PC- with the Cyberpunk launch. Here's fucking all this shit. It's yeah. free. It's free. Trust us. Like, just play <laughs> it's, it. just, it's free. <laughs> it's please. free. Please
1: just play it. <laughs> That's great. Like, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm very
0: excited. But this, it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Story number five. Netflix appears to be developing a triple A PC shooter. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Netflix appears to be developing a AAA PC shooter at its new Los Angeles studio led by former Overwatch producer and Blizzard Vice President Chaco Sonny. As reported by MobileGamer.biz, the aptly named Netflix Game Studio is looking for a game director with experience in shooters to work on a brand new AAA PC game. Akin to Overwatch, it'll be it'll seemingly be a live service game as Netflix asks for extensive experience in this department. In a similar vein, the candidate must have a quote deep understanding of highly engaging content and how to deliver it and be deeply passionate about social systems and gameplay, both cooperative and competitive, end quote. The job listing also demands the future director to develop a world, characters, and narrative, quote, that are worthy of a Netflix film or TV series, and build the game within Unreal Engine. The job listing doesn't give too much else away, other other than that Netflix is seeking someone with at least 10 years of game design experience, including time spent as a director. As this appears to be the initial hiring wave of a brand new studio, however, it will likely be years before we find out more on what Netflix's AAA game is. Truly fascinating, Very right? interesting. Working
1: the other way of everything we're saying, where they're like, look, we have the distribution platform. We have a marketing arm that is essentially uh, free because it's ours. So if they make a show to coincide with a the game, they market each other. So it's like if Netflix just promotes the hell out of a prestige Netflix show, whatever that means these mm. days.
0: The, ne- the next Stranger Things. Uh,
1: or or even not str- – I mean, ho- they'd hope for a Stranger Things. But yeah. even if it was like something that like – I mean – the Witcher is weird because The Witcher is based on books. Uh, it's not based on the game. and like the, That'd colors. be a
0: wild if there was, like, another Witcher that's, like, the Netflix's Witcher game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the, exactly. But it's, like, the thing is, like, they, Netflix can just find another book series or something, adapt that to be a Ooh, game and a show. What's the thing
0: that people, uh, Sandman? Is that what it's called? Sandman? Yeah, well, yeah Sandman's yeah. a, a that's graphic the, novel. Nef- the graphic novel that Netflix, Netflix has a show. And I watched the first episode, and that shit looks incredible.
1: I just, I imagine that they they would want it to be a, a bit more... Like they own it mm, to some extent, that makes right? Sense. But um, I, th- it is interesting. W- what will this turn into? I don't know. This kind of gives me the same vibes, less of the That's No Moon company, right? Yeah. Of uh, where I'm like, oh, I believe they're actually going to put a game out at some point versus the Jade Raymond's going to Stadia and she's doing something and oh, no, yes. she's
0: not, that type of stuff. This feels more like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Like it's very interesting to see them trying to break out of what they've already established as what Netflix games is going to be, because for what Netflix games is right now, I think it makes a lot of sense. Hey, we have casual games that you can play for, uh, I would say for free, but I guess with a Netflix subscription on mobile, you can play exploding kittens. You can play immortality, which is actually pretty wild. You can play a handful of games on Netflix games and all of it is working off of your phone. That I think makes sense, especially when you're talking about the casual audience that would get into it. When we're talking about the uh, how many people have Netflix in their homes, when you're talking about like the the example that I always give, which is my nef- my nephew uh, loves playing just these like r- whack Android games on his like Roku or Amazon uh, Fire TV, right? And it, like games that I've never heard of, just yeah. like random like um, Trials Fusion looking things, but way jankier. Like he plays that stuff on his TV. If Netflix is able to take that and go, hey people have netflix subscriptions people have kids let's give them more reasons to keep this subscription by you know speaking to their whole family by giving them games to play yeah like that's another additive feature them doing a triple a shooter and having um somebody the former uh overwatch producer and blizzard vice president being part of this like yeah it, it strikes me as the jade raymond thing to uh stadia but also you know at the very least like Netflix seems to have a good footing on like what their current thing is uh is currently and I this, this feels like you are building on top of it. Now they're building on it in a way that's like oh shit, a triple A shooter. How is that you're that's not going to be mobile, right? That's going to be and maybe it could, actually it could be mobile. That's the thing, man. There's I so, think so about many so
1: many options out there. Them saying triple A is not interesting like what does that mean? But I guess like there aren't like you'd
0: you'd call Call of Duty Mobile a triple A game. Yeah. So And granted like this thing says specifically triple A PC shooter, which is why you know we're thinking PC, but what if it is? Yeah, like if, if Netflix could have their own mobile game that could also have a PC version of it and it is a Call of Duty mobile situation or a Fortnite situation, actually, that actually yeah, isn't a really, I mean, that's but, not a bad idea. But the <laughs> other
1: thing to keep in mind is Netflix games doesn't need to actually be Netflix. It could just be they made a game and now they're going to make money off of it and their sure. show. You get what I'm saying? It's like like that's the kind of the beauty and power of IP and being able to have it multimedia and across different um uh, different mediums themselves, yeah. but I mean,
0: it's the reverse of what we're talking about with PlayStation, yeah, right? Where it's like, cool, we're gonna get a Last of Us TV show, uh, because PlayStation wants to continue to push that IP of Last of Us, right? That was an excellent game. This is Netflix going, hey, what if we have a show, or like, what if we want to green light a, a, the new next big Netflix show and want to push that further with a video game? I i think it could work. i uh, I'm trepidations at the same time, right? Like, cautiously yeah. optimistic, but. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where this goes.
1: I mean, and, like, I'm just looking up, like, Netflix uh, game studios to see, like, if there's more info on it. And, like, the last couple months, really, there's so many news stories and things popping up of, like, Netflix had sixth gaming studio with acquisition of Spry Fox. This was two weeks ago. Wait, did
0: you say Spy Fox? Spry Fox. Oh, okay.
1: Not Spry Fox.
0: <laughs> I got really excited all of a sudden. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, are we about to get more Spy Fox? <laughs> the Spy Fox TV show,
1: dude. Spry Fox Cinematic Universe.
0: I'd watch the hell out of that. Story number six. Riot Games could bring Valorant to consoles. This is Grant Taylor Hill at Insider Gaming. Valorant dropped as a PC-exclusive shooter in 2020, and it quickly rose up the ranks of success. As a platform built to accommodate esports, Valorant became one of the most popular competitive games to emerge in recent years. And now it seems as though Riot Games seeks to take the, the ecosystem one step further by bringing the games to consoles. Recently, it was discovered that Riot Games had posted advertisements for two key job vacancies, one for a senior designer and the other for a design manager. However, both in the title uh, and in the body of the listings, it was stated that these roles would be focused specifically on console-based platforms. In the required qualifications portion of the breakdown, it was requested that the applicants have uh, a a robust understanding of console FPS market, uh, shipped or worked on at least one console-based AAA Plus online competitive game, and experience developing on multiple platforms, PC, mobile, and console. With that last line, we step into the realm of mobile gaming. Uh, it was confirmed a while ago that Riot Games absolutely plan to introduce Valorant mobile product at some point. But there's no further news on the topic. Also very interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Riot is in such an interesting position because of a lot of the things we've been talking about this whole episode where they've already kind of done the thing, right? Yeah. Where they, what Riot doesn't have right now is a foothold in the core gamer console market. Right, mm-hmm. they have now the Netflix appeal of things like Arcane. They clearly have esports down to a T. They yeah. own that shit. They own. That. They are esports, right? Yeah. They are. When you think of esports, when you think of people wearing jerseys like you're wearing, you're thinking about Riot, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking about League. You're thinking about Worlds. You're thinking about like they kind of made the template in a lot of ways, or took the template that others made before them and kind of took it to a whole other level that is now the new standard. Then you look over at the the different games that they've kind of made out of their their universe, and to go from having their their MOBAs to then having Valorant, which is a a Counter Strike competitor, and it's like it is now the one, yeah, right. So that's a completely different game. We have uh, the fighting game, Project, Project L, L, right, that they're working on. You start to see, like, all right, man, they're really owning the different verticals of esports. And that is something that's really hard to translate to the console side. Even going back generations, Counter-Strike being arguably, like, the most important and influential online game
0: mm-hmm.
1: to start it all off, right? Like, like, Counter-Strike is like the Super Mario Brothers 1, of
0: like PC shooters. of PC
1: shooters, right, and of multiplayer um, mm-hmm. shooters, and it never made it on consoles. Mm-hmm. It was released on consoles. It was released on Xbox. The original Xbox Global Offensive came out on on everything, and it just it just did not hit in the way that a Halo or specifically a Call of Duty did. And it's even interesting to look at Call of Duty when Call of Duty One came out. Not even Modern Warfare. Call of Duty One on PC it was huge. Call of Duty was huge even before Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare made it a household console gamer title right yeah that totally changed the game Riot doesn't have that yet and I wonder if they ever will but to get there I think it's the the baby steps of getting their games Mm -hmm. on the consoles
0: getting people familiar and then what is that breakout hit going to be do do you see what I'm saying I I see what you're saying and I I I I don't know if it's going to be Valorant just because Valorant I think is such a PC shooter right it's such a technical you know mouse and keyboard I can't if it comes to console it can't be I don't think it can be crossplay right like how are you going to compete on uh, on a controller versus people on pc unless it is we expect you to hook up your mouse and keyboard to this thing that's kind of where i get worried about valorant coming to consoles that said i have been expecting project l to be that for them i think project l makes a lot of sense to bring to consoles right fighting games work great on consoles mm-hmm. the Better. fighting game fan base are on consoles. yeah right like that i that i think is a thing that you could do and you know to bring it back to who riot, riot is currently in the space right like riot is maybe the only one of the only studios that that is not made a fighting game that can come out and say we're gonna make a fighting game and I'm like, cool, you're gonna make a great fighting game. Mm-hmm. You know, like you guys, you guys are gonna nail it because you're right. They're one of the only people that can do
1: that, and it's because they understand the esports element. Of exactly, it. And I, that's not just the flashy presentation on that; it's the level of competition. It's treating the video game like a sport. From the get-go, not just from the the we can sell tickets and stuff, but how the game is played, how the game is presented, the game itself, how it's presented, the UI of it, the game modes, the way that they feature certain things over others. It's like competition is the point of it.
0: Yeah, and here's one thing. I'll, here's one thing I'll, I'll point out. Right, this article talks about how you know Riot, Riot Games is bringing Valorant to consoles, and they're using this job um uh just this job post as the 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 reasoning. What if it isn't Valorant, right? Like, there's nowhere here does it specifically specifically say Valorant. It, it, it is mainly saying first-person console-based AAA uh, shooters, right? Which, when you think about Riot, you you automatically go to Valorant. But what if it is like a either a Valorant console version or like a spinoff of Valorant or just a different first-person shooter that is console-based? I think that could make almost more sense than to bring Valorant to consoles. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm saying about the, the Counter-Strike
1: thing, where it's like just putting Counter-Strike on consoles didn't work because that's not where that player base is because yeah. of everything you're talking about, the mouse and keyboard, just the style of game, like all that stuff. And it didn't work with Global Offensive either, either when it uh, came out on, that must have been Xbox One and, and PS4. Um, correct me if I'm wrong and you're wrong. But um, I, there is the option that, and because Riot's huge, we know they're working yeah. on a, to- a ton of projects. What if they did something that was still competitive and still like, what if they did more of an Overwatch? That's what I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's definitely the esports angle of Overwatch, but Overwatch is also just fun to play, yeah. com- like and Overwatch friendly, competitively, consoles. and it works on consoles. What if they took the world in the same way that we just saw with um, Arcane, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like you can take this thing that is like a very specific audience, MOBAs league, right? And make it a little bit more tolerable, not a little, a lot more tolerable to anybody. And I feel like they can do that because they have a world to play with that people already love. And there's lore there. And that's how you get people in, man.
0: That's how you get people in. Story number seven. Sakurai seemingly teases Kid Icarus Uprising for the Switch. This is Jason Finelli at GameSpot. Budding YouTube star and occasional game developer Masahiro Sakurai has posted another insightful video to his channel, which focuses on the difficulty system in 2012's Kid Icarus Uprising for their 3DS, but not without throwing in a potential hint regarding the game's feature at the end. After explaining his thought process behind Uprising's difficulty feature, which is called The Fiend's Cauldron, hence the name of the video, uh, Sakurai signs off with the following, quote, it sure would be nice to play Kid Icarus on a Kid Icarus Uprising on a home console. I wonder if someone will ever port it. End quote. This is not the first time a port of the 3DS exclusive Uprising has been mentioned. As back in July, a prominent online source of Nintendo-related leaks uh, named Zippo uh, claimed that a Nintendo Switch remaster was in development at Bandai Namco, and that would be it would feature a quote more accessible control scheme as well as a much-needed boost to the graphics. End quote. Oh, my God. Is this is this a tease or is this Look, Sakurai speaking this into existence? I think it's Sakurai speaking it into existence. Sakurai,
1: my dude. I love him. I love these videos. They're so good. And I just love the energy that he brings to the games industry. I love the reverence he has for video game history, um, for his own games and otherwise. Um, there's something special about Sakurai games. And uh, whether it's Kirby's Air Ride, any of the Smash Brothers, or um, Kid Icarus here. Did you play this one? No, I did not. And that is a damn shame because mm-hmm. it was stuck on the 3DS. The control scheme was absolute garbage because of the console, not because of the game. It would be good if you just had another analog stick. Eventually they added that horrible uh, adapter. So that gave you another analog stick on the mm. 3DS that, was fine, but like it, it was a band aid, not a solution. Um, this game was so good. The polish was there. The story was there. The characters were awesome. The music was so fun. It is a blessing ass game. Like you oh, are gonna love this game okay. when you play it. I guarantee it. Okay, hundred um, percent. But it's trapped. It's trapped on the 3ds. Um, and we're in this this place right now where 2022. We look at all the different the uh, hardware. Developers out there, the the whether it's Nintendo, Xbox, or PlayStation, we talk about backwards compatibility a lot. We see things whether it's the the uh, online functions or Game Pass or just ways to be able to play old games. Whether it's Xbox enhancing old things, PlayStation adding its PlayStation Plus so many options to play these old games. Nintendo continues to just have so many games that are just trapped in places with no sign of them ever actually making the transition where, you know, NES, SNES, N64, all that. It's like, cool, we got them now. GameCube, I'm shocked we don't have yet, but like at some point we will. But then you look at the DS, uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, there's ways to play some of those games, not all of them, whatever. Hmm. DS gets weird because Nintendo got weird in the mid-2000s, right? We have to deal with Two screens. How do you translate that to the Switch? How do you translate that to just a a single screen experience? Can you? You know, like Mm -hmm. there's so many like weird elements that I can imagine Nintendo at some point just being like, I'm not, we're not dealing with this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, figure it out. And that sucks. And that is a very Nintendo way to handle these things. But um I, I hope that we get this. I there's so many DS and 3DS games that I'd love to be able to play again. I mean, like Pokémon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Like I hate that that game is locked to a cartridge. That's one of the most expensive car- if you try to buy if you want to play the best Pokémon game of all time, Heart Gold and Soul Silver right now, you're not going to be able to without having a 3DS or DS or whatever and buying one of these things on eBay for correct me if I'm wrong, minimum $90. God. And it's the only fucking way. Oh, man. Well, that sucks. it's not the only way. It's not the only <laughs> way. You got <laughs> to like, listen. But, yeah, but like, they that's, in right that then. is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with this, I hope this happens. This game was awesome. And I feel like it was to call it slept on is incorrect. It was it was stranded. It was not given the support it needed. Mm-hmm. It was not like given the chance to succeed just because it was on the 3DS. The and first strand is game. That's
0: what it is. The first strand game. First strand game. Story number eight. The Callisto Protocol Season Pass includes new player death animations. This is Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. The Callisto Protocol Season Pass will include extra death animations for protagonist Jacob and the enemies he faces. It's been confirmed. The details of the Season Pass were recently added uh, to the game's Steam page, listing everything it offers. As well as, all, uh, as, well as typical content uh, that would be expected with the Season Pass, such as a new story DLC, new areas, and a new mode, it also lists new death animations. The Contagion bundle included in the Season Pass adds a new mode, as well as 13 new Jacob death animations. Meanwhile, the Riot bundle adds a previously undiscovered area, as well as 12 new enemy death animations, end quote. While the addition of new player death animations as DLC would be considered unusual in most circumstances, it is notable in this case given how much of the Callisto Protocol's pre-release marketing has revolved around the gory ways Jacob can die. The game's first gameplay trailer in June 2022 was followed by a Schofield cut uh, version of the the trailer one week later, named after the game's creator Glenn Schofield, uh, which was shown during Summer Game Fest 2022 and made a point of highlighting that it had extra gory death scenes in it. It's not clear yet how these DLC death scenes will be integrated into the game. Tim, is that is that enough to sell you on the season pass? <laughs> Some new death animations, dude. I mean, this is just, this is the a perfect example
1: of um, you need to be careful with your words and I, how you put them out there. It's funny calling it a season pass, like a game like this. Why? Why? Let's just call it DLC. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why, why is a single-player game like Callisto Protocol getting a season
0: pass? That's a good point. I didn't even like, think about that part of it. A
1: little bit, little bit weird, but whatever. Semantics, right? Does that actually matter? No. Mm-hmm. This new death animation thing, it just doesn't sound good. This is just not good marketing. This is bad marketing. This headline makes it sound really stupid. The new death animations, don't mention them. Don't talk about them before the game comes out. Yeah. That is, that's just not a good look at all. Let the game come out, and then if the DLC, season pass, whatever the hell you want to call it, has new death animations, cool. That's great. This makes it
0: feel like the game's not finished, and have we not learned our lesson at this point? Yeah, I think it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to market before the game. Right? I think this goes back to how we thought about DLC in the early days of DLC, where so many people were like, "Oh, you're giving me the unfinished version of the game to some of the finished version of the game later on." I think we've kind of moved past that as the years have gone. We've kind of gained a better understanding of one, as a user, user base, what DLC is, and then also developers understanding what makes good DLC. I think this would be fine if it was, oh, yeah, six months after the game, we've been working on like the death animations. Now here they are, and you can buy them in the DLC. Like, I think that wouldn't be as much of a, like, oh, that's, that's, not, that's not a weird thing. Yeah, no. I that's think like Sackboy
1: getting a Callista Protocol dude Yeah, like outfit.
0: But like, having it be before the game's even out, being like, yeah, if you want to buy the season pass, you get 13 new death animations. I think it's the fact that death animations are not, I think, that we... I don't know if you've ever seen that as a, as a, like a pack in, like a DLC pack in thing. And so it immediately strikes me as weird, right? Yeah. And it immediately strikes me as like, Oh, what does that look like? It can be fine in the en- implementation totally. at the end of the day. But I think from a marketing perspective, I don't think that's a thing you want to put before, uh, put the cart before the horse in that one. It
1: sounds so bad. I mean, that's the thing is like, whether or not this ends up being totally fine and innocuous and not an issue at all. The sentence of this big single player game that people are excited for has a season pass that gives you new death animations. Yeah, it's no not a good one for the
0: box. Um, this, here's what I'll say. All mm-hmm. right. God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. One of my very few critiques with that game mm-hmm. is the death animation. Because Kratos, it's the same one from God of War 2018. Mm-hmm. Kratos basically just like, you know, stiffens up and falls backwards. Mm-hmm. If they added in some new death animations to God of War, I could be all about it. All right. Let, let, let Kratos do like a twirl but as th- his fallen down. For free. For, f- uh, for free. For right. F- I might pay for it. I'm being honest. I really but didn't no like that. I, didn't, I really didn't like the stiffle. Sony Bro, Santa Monica, you, you want to make some more money? You for fucking death animations. You beat the, you're not going back to play the game. Oh, I have you're... a lot of side quests left. Listen, yeah. Sony Santa Monica, you want me to you pick your game dying, back though. up again? You're too good. No, I'd be dying a lot. <laughs> I'd be dying a lot, all right? Uh, Sony Santa Monica, you want me to, uh, to play more of your game, and also, you want you want some more money from me. Oh, damn. Give me 13 new death, death 13. animations. 13. I want a death animation where i don't know like i want kratos to do like the hill mary like you do that before he fucking like, Holy <laughs> I want, like i want like i want him to do i want like i want funny shit wow. all right i want kratos to get cut in half hey guys I want uh, Rob, give combat, me the one give me the one?
1: animations don't like don't let blessing make video games
0: <laughs> just don't do <laughs> it I all right <laughs> I want, get, the, sony santa monica you want some money I got you. All right. I got you.
1: Hey, Sony Santa Monica. You want some money? What's a, what was story number one? Don't worry again? about story number one. Don't, worry, number don't worry about story
0: number one. <laughs> one. All right. I want Kratos to be sliced. I want it to be Mortal Kombat. Give me just all the different. Let an uh, uh, enemy freeze me to death. Right. And then rip Kratos' arm off and then okay. beat him with his own arm.
1: Okay. Like um, Transformers 2. Revenge of the Fallen. where Optimus Prime. Slices off Starscream's arm and slaps him with it. It's fucking awesome.
0: Damn, I did not know that happened in Transformers Studio. I was thinking more of Sub-Zero. That's fucking wild. Story number nine, our final news story. Anoma uh, games are shutting down. Uh, this is from at Studio Onoma on Twitter. They tweeted out a statement saying, Arena Battle Champions, Deus Ex Go, Hitman Sniper, The Shadows, and Space Invaders, uh, Hidden Heroes, will be shutting down on January 4th. The games will be removed from the App Store and Google Play Store on December 1st, and current players will not be able to access the games uh, past January 4th effective effective immediately in-game purchases are are stopped we encourage prior in-game purchases uh to be used before january 4th as they will not be refunded on behalf of the development team we would like to thank you for playing our games damn man it's a sad way to go
1: it really is so unfortunate um i wonder about the other games though like lara croft go and um um the the other go hitman go hitman go Um, which were so good so damn good but yeah definitely this is so sad and this sucks and like they they were just (laughs) rebranded like three weeks ago right yeah like we just (laughs) announced Anoma, and it said exactly how it is spelled but yeah this sucks
0: it really does suck uh tim i'm very curious to see what else happens over there at the embracer group but Mm -hmm. updates on that might be so far away maybe if i want to know what's coming out to mom grab shops today
1: Where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every
0: weekday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine if like... Thank you for the smoke. Imagine if like, the Tomb Raider games had new death animations. I'd pay for that shit. Because like the Tomb Raider death animations for the modern Tomb Raider games, I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. that shit was graphic. It was ridiculous. They were beating the hell out of Lara Croft in that game. Or Lara Croft in that game. Mm-hmm. If you hit me, if they hit me with new death animations that like, I don't know, like she gets impaled, but like fucking like glitter spurts out or some shit. Can I go home? I just want listen, to leave. I don't listen, want to be here. Embracer Group, are you trying to make some money? You trying to make some money, Embrace Group. Embracer Group. group. Yeah, my DMs are open. I are to bring you the story now? Follow me on Hive, Embracer Group, at Blessing Jr. on Hive. <laughs> I got you, all right. Out today, we got God Beast Mark II for PC, Jelly Brawl for Xbox One. <laughs> Trifox for PS5, PS4. It's the prequel to uh, Spy Fox, and then together, Project Indigos Chapter One. No, hold, day on, for hold PC. on. Don't
1: you, you you need to tell the people what you just read? What Trifox? Oh, together. <laughs> it's together. T W O G E T H E R. That
0: together. is a wild way to. That's a wild t- title. Good for you. Together. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, we got no new days for you. We do have a deal of the day though. Bayonetta three for Switch is forty four dollars and ninety nine cents on Amazon.
1: Plus, um, real quick before we move on from what together, uh, Chloe Echo Chloe on mm. Twitter tweeted out a banger tweet a couple of days ago that made me laugh very hard. Where she's like, "If Twitter dies, we need to call the next one Tudor."
0: <laughs>
1: okay. The word Tudor. Okay. <laughs> makes me real happy.
0: You want to make some money, guys? <laughs> Tudor, hire Chloe. So figure it out. DMs are open on Hive. <laughs> I don't think you can DM people on Hive. I've tried. Now it's time <laughs> for com slash you are wrong where you write it as what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so you can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, somebody's writing in here with kind of feudy suggestions. There are other places for that. Uh, kind of, com says so KFGD. You can go, go to write in with your questions and stuff. You can pro- put it, that stuff in there. Uh, editorializing. And then... Uh, somebody tries to, somebody's telling me how to use my uvula. <laughs> Ew. And listen, we're not on that level. You can't, you gotta, you gotta level up your um, social link with me before you can tell me how to use my Yuma. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, bad. it's Wednesday, Friday. It, it's though. Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> That's great. Uh, next week's hosts for Kinda Funny Games Daily go like this. On Monday, you're getting Greg and Tim. Tuesday, you're getting Greg and me. Wednesday, you're getting me and Greg. Thursday, you're getting me and Tim. And on Friday, you're getting Tim and me. That's right, we're back at it like a bad <laughs> habit. If you're watching this live, right after this, you're getting some Pokemon with Mike and Andy. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. You should week the live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind and Twitch.tv slash Kind We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, happy Thanksgiving.